0: This is the Truth Hurts Program. rot row is all I can say. Once again, another member of the Biden administration cabinet is screwing up at work. The Office of Special Counsel has found Health and Human Services Secretary, the quota hire, Javier Bacera, has violated federal law. That's right. I'll say it again the Office of Special Counsel has found that the United States Department of Health and Human Services Secretary, the quota hire, Javier Becerra, who was hired because he is Latino and that checked off yet another one of Joe Biden's boxes, has been found to have violated federal law. Henry Kerner is the special counsel and has sent a letter to President Gropey Joe Biden, who will probably ignore it. The letter is regarding his Health and Human Services Secretary's violation of the Hatch Act. The Hatch Act? What? Is this guy hatching eggs on government time? No, my friends. The Hatch Act prohibits people working in the government while on government time, in their official government capacity, to politic for, to campaign for, to advertise for a political candidate while appearing in their official capacity. But you see, Javier Becerra is a Democrat, and he's a Latino, so he's going to automatically get some sort of a pass, some excuse made for his bad behavior, because the Democrat president who appointed him doesn't want any more egg on his face. And there's the hatch tie-in. Senator Alex Padilla's reelection was being touted by Javier Padilla. Special Counsel Henry Kerner wrote, and I quote, As explained in the accompanying report, Office of Special Counsel concluded that Secretary Basera violated the Hatch Act by expressing support for Senator Alex Padilla's re-election while speaking in his official capacity at the Congressional Hispanic Caucus Institute's annual awards gala on September 15th of 2022 the Hatch Act prohibits federal employees from using their official authority or influence to affect the outcome of an election. In delivering his speech, Secretary Becerra impermissibly, which means unlawfully, illegally, unethically, mixed his personal electoral preference with official remarks. He added, while federal employees are permitted to express support for candidates when speaking in their personal capacity, The Hatch Act restricts employees from doing so when speaking as a government official. Kerner wrote that a presidential election approaching next year, this report offers an opportunity to deter violations by reminding federal employees at all levels of the Hatch Act's restrictions. Accordingly, this letter to Biden says, I submit to you the enclosed report together with Secretary Becerra's response for your consideration. In response, of course, the Democrat, quota hire, Becerra, called his words a, quote, inadvertent violation, unquote. In other words, oops, my bad, I'm sorry, I didn't realize, my bad. He says he regretted it, and that while he did not realize at the time that my off-the-cuff remarks regarding his personal voting intentions were in violation of the Hatch Act, I now understand why they were not permitted. Becerra said he will receive additional counseling from the Ethics Department at HHS on the Hatch Act. Don't you think if you're a cabinet-level director you should already have this knowledge and training so that you can pass this knowledge and training down to those below you in the food chain, Mr. Becerra? He says he will work hard to ensure that there are no future violations. But don't prosecute me for the last ones, it's okay I made the mistake. But don't prosecute me because I'm Democrato. I'm no Republican. If I was Republican, then you can can put me out too dry. Padilla came to the Senate after Vice President Camelto Harris left the Senate to join the Biden administration. He was just popped right on into place there, the quota higher. Then Joe Biden plucked him from that position and brought him right on into the administration. Despite not being a medical doctor, despite not knowing anything about health and human services, His policies have come under fire by congressmen and congresswomen, primarily in the Republican side of things. They grilled him last month about the agency's remote work policies. At the time, Republican Louisiana Senator Dr. Bill Cassidy grilled Padilla about the empty parking lots and empty desks all around the HHS offices nationwide and why we're paying leases on buildings, electricity and phone bills for buildings that are sitting empty. Becerra, of course, refused multiple times to answer questions about what percentage of his workforce is still teleworking more than three years after the onset of the Wuhan, China novel coronavirus pandemic, at a time when many offices have simply returned to work. During a budget hearing at the Senate Finance Committee, Cassidy asked Becerra repeatedly How many of your HHS employees are still working from home? The questions got nowhere. And I truly feel like I'm wasting my breath telling you this because he's a Democrat, federal, appointed, cabinet-level secretary. So nothing will ever come of this. Meanwhile, Peter Ducey, our hero at Fox News, has confronted the quota hire, little French dip, the black lesbian female, Corrine jean the President White House spokesperson about Biden's poor polling on the economy. He asked a simple question. Hey, Corrine, Why aren't people buying Biden's message? He asked the White House press secretary to explain the divergence between the Biden administration's positive lying, I mean, messaging on the economy and the American public's pessimistic view of the economy during a Wednesday afternoon press conference. Take a listen to this wonderful exchange. You'll love the backpedaling, the crawfishing and all of the BS that Corinne Jean-Pierre has to say. Thanks, Green. 69% of people polled by CNBC say they have a negative view of the economy. President Biden talks about the economy all the time. What? He talks,
1: about, people oh, <laughs> he talks about the economy all the time because he wants the American people to know that he's doing everything that he can to make sure that he's that his policies that he's put forward that has shown that he's building an economy that doesn't leave anybody behind that builds an economy from the bottom up middle out and he also talks about the economy and when you hear him talk about the economy he talks about how he's prioritizing making sure that we lower inflation and that is where the P- American people are meeting them where uh, they are he's going to continue that to have that conversation beyond he understands how important that is uh, for Americans, American families, and so he'll never shy away from that. I know you're reading a poll right now, that is one poll, uh, but he's not going to stop talking about what the American people really care about, which is what are are we doing here uh, to make sure that we are addressing the issues and the concerns that they have.
0: In other words, a bunch of word salad that went absolutely nowhere did not answer the questions, and ironically, that poll was conducted by CNBC the network who loves them some Joe Biden. The economy is in the toilet thanks to the efforts, the policies, the programs, the procedures, the actions and the inactions of Joe Biden and his economic team. The economy saw the highest inflation in over 41 years under Joe Biden's presidency. And to say that he's focused on bringing down the inflation he created, which is what they're not saying. They're not admitting that it's the inflation he created. But by saying he's bringing it down from 9.1% to 6.8, 6.4, that's that's nothing. It was at 1.4, 1.3, 1.6, 1.2 during Donald Trump's presidency. The job participation rate was through the roof under Donald Trump's presidency. Now they won't even mention it. You can't even find a report on the labor force participation rate because it is so low, because so many people have simply quit working, stopped looking for jobs, and have been relying on government handouts and the massive increases in every government social welfare program since Biden took office, that they won't report on those numbers. 69% of people polled by CNBC say they have a negative view of Joe Biden's economy. By the way, that was a record-setting number in a CNBC poll. In its 17-year history, they have never recorded an overwhelmingly bleak outlook. Well over two-thirds of the entire population of the nation say Joe Biden sucks at handling the economy. Two-thirds of Americans say inflation outstrips their wages. The United States has either already entered or is getting ready to enter a recession. That is what your people think, Mr. Biden, Ms. Karine Jean-Pierre. They're just running this nation into the ground, but they don't care, they're multi-millionaires. Not just from the money they've made off of your tax dollars and salaries their whole lives, but all of those illegal, illicit, immoral, and unethical business dealings that the Biden crime family is directly and indirectly involved in. <laughs> Speaking of the Biden crime family, Tommy Christopher writes in Mediaite, Reporter at Briefing asks point blank if Hunter Biden and Valerie Biden Owens paid their share of the recent family trip to Ireland. Mail Online US deputy political editor Jeff Earle asked a direct question to French dip, the quota hire Carrie Jean Pierre. The question was, did Hunter Biden and Valerie Owens Biden pay their share of their travel expenses during last week's trip to Ireland? I love these types of questions, and I love the backpedaling answers that you get, because French dip is incapable of answering a question, just like most Democrats are incapable of saying, yes, they paid their fair share, or no, they did not. Take a listen to this exchange. Question before I, I got to go. Um, go ahead, Andrew. Hey, long just, time. Long time, I, long time yeah. <laughs> um, listen, just to close the book on Ireland since we just got back, it was a highly personal trip. There were a lot of cousins there. You did Valerie? <laughs> <laughs> And Hunter Biden, they flown Air Force One. Did they contribute? Did they pay for
1: airfare, accommodations, ground transportation? What? Look, we took, we, this is not the first time. Uh, let's be very, very clear. It is consistent with other presidents when they've had family travel uh, with them abroad. This is nothing new. So I just want to make sure that we make that very clear to the
0: American people. Let me start making excuses now just because other people did it and it might have been wrong. We're going to go ahead and do it as, even though we know it's wrong. Blah, 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 blah. Take a listen. And of course, we followed every
1: protocol that any other president or every other president has taken when they when their family has traveled. And so yes. All right. No, I'm getting, so we, we we took every protocol that is necessary and needed when a family travel. We did nothing different uh, than past presidents. Uh, and so yes, they paid they paid for their way.
0: We have any kind of evidence, any kind of receipts, invoices, travel itineraries, anything like that, Ms. Jean-Pierre? The sheriff.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like every other this is this is not unusual. This is not the first time that families have traveled uh, with presidents. So there's 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 nothing there's no there there, as they were saying.
0: Nothing to see here, folks. Move along, move along. Nothing to see here. Just a sweating baby, just a sweating baby.
1: All right, thank you.
0: And then she walked away because that's what she does. She doesn't want to answer questions especially when she doesn't have a real justifiable excuse. Oh, it did what all the other presidents did. Uh, We did what Bill Clinton did. Uh, We did what Barack Hussein Obama did. Now, you know Donald Trump, they followed every penny with him. You know damn well he and his family had to pay their fair share. Speaking of fair shares and ethics issues, Alexandria Horseface Cortez's campaign obscured thousands of dollars in expenditures according to the Federal Elections Commission complaint. You heard me correctly. Joe Shofstall writes in Fox News that Horseface's campaign hid thousands of dollars in expenditures during the 2022 election cycle. A nonprofit alleged in recent Federal Election Commission's complaints filed by attorney Dan Backer on behalf of the Coolidge Reagan Foundation. According to them, Alexandria Horseface Ocasio-Cortez, a New York Democrat, failed to disclose where $9,600 in credit card payments ultimately wound up. The Daily Caller News Foundation reported that campaigns must itemize credit card charges to a vendor that exceed $200 in their federal filings, including the vendor's name, address, the purpose of the disbursement, the service date, and the amounts. However, on numerous occasions during 2022, Congresswoman Horseface Cortez's authorized candidate committee The Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez for Congress, AOC for Congress Committee reported tens of thousands of dollars in disbursements for card payments and card payment reimbursements directly to Ocasio-Cortez herself. American Express and an entity called Vyond, V-E-Y-O-N-D, exclamation point, appear to have provided virtual reality services and apparently no longer operate under that name. Kinda shifty, kinda shady but she's a Democrat, right? Backer alleges that in some cases, the squad members committee failed to disclose the card payments purposes. And further says the sum of specific memo items is less than the amount that the campaign reported paying to the recipient. Sounds like a little money laundering scheme going on to me. The complaint further says, although campaigns are permitted to use charge cards or reimburse candidates for use of their personal charge cards for otherwise permissible campaign related expenses, their disclosure reports must accurately identify the recipient of the funds as well as each of the campaign-related goods and services that those charge cards were used to purchase. Not only is the public entitled to that information, but without such disclosure, it is impossible to confirm a candidate is not illegally using campaign funds to pay for their personal expenses. We, along with other news organizations, reached out to the Ocasio-Cortez campaign committee, they would not respond to a request for comment. They separately found themselves in hot water over failure and delays in paying vendors regarding that glitzy Met Gala appearance in 2021. And I, Steve Z, the host of the Truth Hurts program, am still waiting for even an email response to my email that I have yet to receive. They won't even acknowledge they received it. The House Ethics Committee opened an investigation into that matter last year. In March, they say they had substantial reason to believe that Horseface Cortez improperly accepted gifts for the Met Gala, which she attended with her fiancé, Riley Roberts. As part of her attendance, Cortez was provided with a custom dress, handbag, jewelry, and shoes. She also received hair, makeup, transportation, and ready room services. The fiancé received a bow tie and shoes ahead of the event. While Cortez appears to have now paid the rental value Of the attire she wore to the gala for the goods and services that she and her partner received payment for the goods and services did not occur until after the office of congressional ethics contacted her in connection with the review the ethics committee unanimously recommended the probe to continue ocasio cortez meanwhile is trying to pin the blame for the delayed payments on an unnamed campaign staffer isn't that just the way blame someone at the bottom of the food chain and you can walk away scot-free. Earlier I mentioned the CNBC polling on Gropy Joe Biden, your president, and how two-thirds of Americans think he is screwing up all around. And only the worst states in America still approve of Joe Biden. This according to Tom Worstall in the British publication The Telegraph. The latest ratings show that Joe Biden is underwater in the great majority of the U.S., with just a handful on the East and West Coast still showing blue on the approval map. Naturally, these include New York and California, both battling post-pandemic malaise, battling rising crime, immigration, economic and supply chain issues. The author writes, that map is positively glowering crimson at us. One might conclude naively that whoever runs for the Republican Party next time around is going to waltz home. Of course, the instant response from the left-wing consensus convinced that Biden would wipe out Trump in 2024, goes something like this. Land doesn't get to vote, people do. And it is true. There are not that many people in flyover country, the land between the east and west coast. That's why Republicans don't romp home every election. The large population centers, the concentrations of people are on both coasts, where being a Democrat is the socially acceptable perversion. I love the way they wrote that. So much is well-known, but in fact, in a presidential election, it's not quite true that people vote and the land doesn't. Trump didn't get more votes from U.S. citizens than Hillary, but he managed to color more of that map red than blue. And that's how he wound up as president. A presidential election isn't won by getting a majority among the people. It runs through our electoral college. And crucially, all of a state's college votes go to the candidate who wins the state, even if that candidate wins by only one vote. So, we all know Democrat candidates these days will win California, they will win New York, and reliably a few New England states. But once each state has won, the Democrats can pile up further votes and then get no further. If they win California by 50.01% or 99%, it makes no difference in the electoral result. So in a way, the land does vote. Only in the states where things are worst still approve of Biden. And that matters. Sleepy, creepy, touchy-feely, mopey, dopey, little girl, gropey Joe Biden has made himself sufficiently unpopular across the entire nation. No matter what the consensus of the political class may have agreed, Trump can beat Biden. Joe cannot possibly win if he campaigns from his basement again. Not unless there's another convenient pandemic, and we know he's not above that. The president shows no signs that he's tough enough for a normal campaign trail. He couldn't even go to the coronation of King Charles because he was going to be too tired from his trip to Ireland. There's one other little detail in the national picture. Biden was a Delaware senator for 37 years. Normally, it's a standard rule that a former senator or governor might carry his home state. But Joe Biden's rating in his own home state of Delaware is down 3%. He's lost the people who know him best. And perhaps that is telling What this suggests is that a Republican candidate who isn't Donald Trump could probably beat Biden handily. And a Democrat candidate who isn't Biden might beat Trump. It seems that there may be one thing that a majority of Americans would agree on in these days of massive polarization. It might be good for the nation, all of its people, if Trump and Biden sit it out in 2024. That's a good article from the old Telegraph. California's gas stove ban has been officially overturned in the courts. That's right. Remember when Biden and his administration say, we're not trying to ban gas stoves, where are you hearing that? And then their own people said, yeah, we're trying to ban gas stoves. Well, a federal appeals court has overturned Berkeley, California's ban on natural gas appliances, which includes stoves, ovens, and furnaces in new buildings. The Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals has ruled that the natural gas ban violates the Energy Policy and Conservation Act of 1975. It says, only the federal government has the authority to set energy efficiency standards for building appliances. The Associated Press reports that the court's overturning of the ordinance, which went into effect in 2020, was met with criticism by environmental groups. As we face a climate and air quality crisis from coast to coast, they say it is vital that cities and states maintain all legal pathways to protect public health, to cut climate emissions, and to increase safety by addressing pollution from buildings. However, the problem is, It's not a city or state run operation. It has to be a federal law. The California Restaurant Association filed a lawsuit against the city of Berkeley the moment the ordinance passed. They argued that natural gas appliances are critical for the operation of businesses and restaurants. That case was dismissed by a district court in 2021. It's an overreaching measure beyond the scope of any city, period. In 2019, Berkeley, California, The liberal progressive hellhole became the first city in the country to adopt an ordinance that prohibits natural gas appliances in new construction. And it was obviously put in place to reduce fossil fuel consumption. They claim to address climate change, but they just hate the fossil fuel industry. It's unclear whether this court's ruling will hinder other efforts to ban natural gas appliances in other parts of the country. As of today, the federal appeals court's ruling allows natural gas bans in accordance with building energy codes On a national scale, the Biden administration says they're not planning to enact or support a nationwide prohibition on natural gas appliances, but that's a lie because the Department of Energy has proposed new regulations on gas stoves, setting new energy consumption standards. According to E&E News, half of gas stove models currently sold will simply not comply with the new regulations. They're doing everything they can to cripple oil and gas, on one hand, while they're begging the oil and gas industry Please don't stop production. The prices are high, and it makes the Democrat candidate look bad. This is the Truth Hurts program. Couple of other headlines here for you Elitist AOC blasted for objecting to New York Police Department pay raises. Her facts are wrong. Yeah, she wants to defund the police. She wants to get rid of them altogether, actually. Yeah, we'll just get rid of the police. And how do we do that? We won't give them pay raises, we'll make them all quit. And some bad news for those of you who religiously watch Dan Bongino, the host of Unfiltered and the Fox Nations Cancelled in the USA. According to a report in Forbes, Bongino has been let go by the Fox News Network. The network confirmed the departure in a statement to Forbes saying, We thank Dan for his contributions and wish him success in his future endeavors. It is currently unknown why they parted ways with Bongino, a very popular host on the Fox News Network. Kind of strange. And I want to read this one quickly, Washington State Middle School blasted for a highly vile licking game between staff and students. A licking competition was held between students and staff prompting an outcry from parents over the horrifying and highly vile game. In a video recorded by an appalled student at the Desert Hills Middle School in Kennewick, Washington, minor children, students and fully grown adult teachers are shown licking marshmallow cream off of either side of two clear plexiglass panes at the same time during a competition at a pep rally. Students in the crowd were screaming, "Ooh, disgusting, that's so gross, what the heck, and others in the video. It was posted to Facebook by a concerned mother. Another student yelled, who thought this was a good idea? A mother whose daughter sent the video told Fox News Digital she originally emailed the school superintendent, the school board, and the human resources department to ask for an explanation regarding what happened to see how they would address the situation. In this disgusting display on video, the principal is seen taking out his phone and laughing to film the scene. The mother says she was baffled by another part of the video that showed a grown adult holding a child's head against the plexiglass while licking the other side of the structure. But that was not the most disgusting thing to this mother. She said although she was most alarmed by that, it was the final scene in the video where the school security guard looked like he was licking the marshmallow off the plexiglass in a sensual way. In my opinion, she said, we do not send our children to school to be exposed to highly sexualized behavior by adults. We send them to school to learn and for them to socialize with other people their ages. They shouldn't have to sit in a gym for a school assembly and wonder what is going on. Schools should be a safe place for children to go. And this despicable display of adult behavior was hard to watch. She said she called a couple of other moms to get their reactions and gauge if she was just overreacting. She said she was met with similar reactions of shock from parents asking, how did the adults in this room allow this to happen? At least five adults were in the room and they just continued to participate. And this is not the first instance where I've had a grievance with the school and have gone to the principal about it. It was my understanding that the students were putting their names on a list to say, yes, I want to participate in a game at the assembly but teachers did not tell them what kind of game they would be participating in. If this is so harmless and it's not an ill-intended game, why the hell did you not share with the students what the game was going to be and what the rules were? She wrote the school a three-page letter to which the superintendent responded that they will look into this. She has a feeling they're going to try and sweep it under the rug. But once she posted the video online and started talking with more and more parents, they had no idea that it was this bad. She says she's now hearing from people in their 30s who attended the school and said that this happened when they attended that middle school oh so many years ago. Many parents have called her to say, I've had to have some pretty uncomfortable conversations with the kids around. This isn't right. And then explain to them why. The superintendent is Dr. Tracy Pierce, who issued finally a statement to the school families on April 14th, more than two weeks after the event occurred, announcing that the district had concluded its investigation into the situation that she described as not an appropriate activity. During the activity, some students felt very uncomfortable and the activity was highly disturbing for some students, parents, families, and community members to watch on video. This activity does not have district approval and will never be repeated in the future. She admitted there's no question about the appropriateness of the activity and its negative impact, but after thoroughly investigating how and why this particular activity took place, it is clear that the intent of the activity was innocent and not ill-intended. It says, There's zero evidence to suggest or support that this was in any way grooming on the part of the organizers or participants. And that being said, the fact that the activity was planned, occurred, and not stopped shows a lack of sound discernment and good judgment, and the activity is not aligned with district expectations. The school's principal's name is Casey Gant. offered a statement in a letter to parents apologizing. For the activity. On behalf of the Desert Hills Middle School, I would like to apologize for the activity that took place in our recent assembly. As building principal, I take ownership for the events that occur in my school and I recognize the impact that this situation has had on our school community. I am committed to the safety of our students and staff and will ensure that all future activities meet the highest professional standards and adhere to district policy. Again, I apologize that this incident occurred and for the negativity brought to the Desert Hills community. Really, only when you got busted and then you didn't want to respond and then only when it was brought out into public. This is what we have in the public school systems around our nation, folks. One child's head being forced against the plexiglass from the other side of the plexiglass By a grown adult holding their head against it saying lick, lick, lick? Sounds to me like grooming for a BJ to me. Or maybe a little kitty licking? Folks, I've run out of time for this edition of the Truth Hurts program. It's 420 day. Go out and smoke you one. I won't, but you're more than welcome to where it's legal. This program is pre-recorded at Studio 63 in Bayou Country. I apologize if you're offended, but by golly, I'm speaking the truth. So I retract absolutely nothing. Contents of this program are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the United States Constitution. What else can I say? We'll see you next time on The Truth Hurts with Steve Z. Thank you for listening to The Truth Hurts Program. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. I apologize if you were offended, but I retract nothing. Background music courtesy of Jason Shaw and Audionautics. Copyright 2023, the Truth Hurts Program Network. All rights reserved.